1: Guess who's
2: back, back again, Ellen's back, tell a friend, you're listening to Bandwagons.
0: Stunning. Amazing.
2: Stunning. Um... Again, we want to extend our thanks to anyone who listened to the general election episode. Um, feedback was so positive. Yeah. We decided that as the dust has semi-settled, we had to get Ellen Coyne back in to figure out what the hell happened. Woo! Woo! One of our most popular guests and our only returning guest. So no far. Pressure.
0: no yeah, pressure. No pressure, pressure at all. Yeah. No.
2: Thank you so much for coming in. I know you're probably still recovering after what was a tumultuous weekend.
0: Yeah, like I have to check my phone to see what day it is. I'm so (laughs) Banjax-like, I don't know what's going on. Where were you based for the counts or were you kind of all over the place? So I was based in the RDS, which is like, it's got like four or five Dublin constituencies in it. And also for journalists, like you've got people there like Owen Murphy, Eamon Ryan, Pascal Donoghue. So... But it's very like, first of all, the lighting in there is shit and someone was saying to me it is like a casino because you don't know what fucking time of day it is, you don't know who you are, (laughs) like all you have is like three, the coffee was like 350.
3: You don't uh, even like scam. Talk about
0: the economy being overinflated, um, and just like forgetting, like trying to keep track of counts and transfers and who's in what constituency. But um, and it also you get massive FOMO. Like all I wanted to do was like sit in the couch and watch Orte do the work for me. Fair. Like get the result via the medium of David McCullough's lovely face. Divine. But when you're in the Ords, all you know is like the constituencies in front of you. Like there could have been there could have been totally different election going on, and I wouldn't have known. How many hours did you spend in the RDS or like working overall over the count, roughly? Um, It was definitely like over over 14 hours minimum over two days. And then there's just like extra radio stuff you have to do. Like the second day I was, I started doing radio at like 6am and then had to physically be back at the RDS for like half seven for more radio, like all that shit, all that shite. But um, it's like, it's like the Oscars for political <laughs> journalists. Like nobody will be... But less crack. Yeah, less crack.
3: Less crack. Less <laughs> glamorous. Less, less
2: Billy Porter in a
0: nice
3: gown.
2: <laughs> more <laughs> men being thrown up in Imagine the air. Imagine Brendan Howland just coming in in like a Marquesa. Like, oh my Labour <laughs> here. He maybe, maybe that's where he Maybe. Went wrong. And we'll get into it on this we'll podcast. Surely. Um, so just to
0: break down the crack. result in yeah. terms of seats. So we had Fianna Fáil took 38. That's right. No, Fianna Fáil took four. Had thir- yeah, sorry, had forty four in twenty sixteen, dropped to thirty eight. Finnegill had fifty in twenty sixteen, dropped to thirty five. That's bad. Oh, uh, I think that's one of the worst results they've had since like nineteen forty eight or something. Shinvane last time had twenty three, now thirty seven. <laughs> and had they done it right, would have over fifty. Because I know we spoke about transfers last time. If you uh, reach the quota that's it. But if Sinn Féin had had two candidates running in most of the constituencies, they probably would have gotten the second candidate in because they they got so much. a quarter, Almost a quarter of all first preference votes went to Sinn Féin. You need people like Pierce Doherty getting like 21,000 when he only needed, I think, 10,000. Yeah, some insane. of them were absolutely insane. insane. Like and just... in his constituency, another shinner got 13,000 first preferences and obviously got in as well. So they had like a rake of extra votes which like if if they'd done if they if they'd known what was going to happen they would have had like over 50 so that was obviously massive <clears throat> uh, labor dropped 1 to 7 solidarity people for a profit dropped 1 to 5 <coughs> social democrats doubled from 3 to 6 the greens went from 2 to 12 and that's it oh. there you go and that is. Look at her; she's so unwell. I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry, no. And we like, we're we're. Yeah, yeah. great. Sorry, I should have. It's unprofessional. I should have told. No, about it's it. not.
3: You've been working your arse off. We're just here. Well.
0: And we're here pimping you <coughs> out for listens. Yeah. To be honest, like, so I actually woke up on the Sunday and had a migraine and cramps.
2: Oh, I could not. I
0: wanted to die. I actually started crying. Fair. No, it was like six a.m. and I needed to get ready to go to the count center. And I was like, of all the days, yeah. Imagine doing all that and being warm and shamed. <laughs> it was <laughs> awful. And then, like, it is kind of emotional. I'm not cut out for the people losing their seats part. Oh yeah. It's yeah, hard, that's like, what I was gonna to ask. Like, what is before we get into anything else?
2: Like, what is the atmosphere? It must be like such ebbs and flows of just people being like,
0: way and throwing people up in the air. And then it's like, oh, fuck, I've no job. Like, it's really chaotic, especially in the RDS, because you have so many different constituencies. So, like, they know before it's announced what's happening, because they all, you see the footage on the news of people kind of leaning over the railings, watching people counting. So some people are, like, close to losing their seats. Other first-time TDs are about to be elected for the first time. And then in other ones, there's just nothing happening. It's like a recount. So... It is kind of chaotic and you just see cameras gathering and that's how you know something's about to happen and you kind of run and but yeah, absolute chaos.
2: So we have obviously this is the 33rd doll. this is what it looks like but it's not as simple as that because we (laughs) don't have a majority party like as we see there like pretty much there's nearly a tie between Sinn Féin, Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil. Like what happens now? Like how do we get from here to here is our government here are ministers this is our Taoiseach.
0: Like, we might not. <laughs> might oh. not happen. Uh, basically, as you can see, uh, Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin ha- all basically had a draw. They both have, like, th- almost the same amount of TDs. Fine Gael has way less. So Fine Gael is like, we're going into opposition. <laughs> and Leo Varadkar seems pretty chill about that. The party that wins it's their responsibility to form a government but as we said last time everybody else hates Sinn Féin Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael so they're refusing to win a government with them and they're like well if you want it to be like Venezuela off you go <laughs> and are interpreting the vote as like some sort of socialist uprising from the people of Ireland and saying that the people want change so it's Sinn Féin's job to form a left-wing government not going to happen Sinn Féin would need Labour, the Greens Social Democrats Solidarity People Before Profit it would also need people like Padra Tobin and Carl Nolan who left the party over abortion plus like half a dozen random independents who are like brand new and nobody knows anything about like can you imagine the chaos of trying to keep the government together never mind like form it in the first place yeah. so they're going to go through the motions this week of trying to form that everybody will be made to feel very important and all their mad ideas will be listened to and eventually it won't work so the only other two possibles then are Sinn Féin going in with Fianna Fáil and maybe the Greens Fine Gael going in with Sinn Féin and the Greens Leo Varadkar is like not on my life like <laughs> definitely I'm not going near them off with the I'll be over here on the opposition benches like, like I would like to see like, him <laughs> just literally like he seems okay. happy as a clam I've never seen him look so happy it's like yeah that. considering how many counts did it take before he was elected was it like
2: 5 or 5 six? or oh. 6 it was a lot there's a video on twitter if you're not a fan of leo there's a video on twitter of him watching the counts go through and it's like the second count oh, and he like, still hasn't he's voted been. in. He hasn't made the quota. yet. There's like a very prominent
0: forehead vein bulge, I would say, where oh, he's, yeah, he's quite frustrated human. at I'm what's going on. Like that never, like Taoiseach's always obviously top the pole and they usually bring in like they're running mate with them and that didn't happen for Leo. So pretty shit result for Fine Gael. But obviously they're like, okay, your turn. If you wanted to be in government, off you go. As they're not going near Sinn Féin. Fianna Fáil are so stressed out. Like I don't even like being on politics programs with Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael TDs this week because it is so stressful. They're basically going from last week when they were like, let us govern, let us govern. We're better than the other crowd. And now they're like, you need to govern. <laughs> like basically Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael are trying to like gas each other up. Be like, you go into government. No, you go into government. Okay. I think you won the most seats while you were walking off the pitch because neither of them want to be like anywhere near Sinn Fein. Because the core Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael voters, maybe like the parents of people who listen to this podcast, are terrified of Sinn Fein. Like yeah. really afraid of them, whether because of their past or because of their economic policies or because they have a perception that they just want to eat the rich. So very stressful time for Fianna Fáil because if they don't go in with Sinn Féin, we have to go for another election and that tends to piss people off and they tend to take it out on politicians who caused it. So dramatic. So dramatic. You
2: love to see it. What factors do you think led to this result in terms of the success of Sinn Féin? And yeah, who
3: it? voted for them? Do you know, <laughs> do like you in terms of demographics, I just don't understand because like everyone that's given out about them now, I'm like, who voted for them? There
0: were so God many votes God. and now everyone's given out that they've gotten in and I just don't understand. I feel like that says a lot about the Irish political media <laughs> and how like, in touch we are. So at first everyone was like, it's young people that can't remember the troubles. Like, find me someone who is old enough to vote who doesn't know the connection between Sinn Féin and the IRA. This is absolutely insane. But it was, they were super popular. They got over 30% of the vote with people who were like 18 to 24. So it is like a youth thing. But actually, they were the most popular party with everyone from 65 and under. Okay. So it's not just young people. And then it was the over 65s, the kind of classic Fiendfal and Sinn Féin voters who were like, no way, like, absolutely no way. Um, Like, I, the taxi driver who brought me to the RDS on Sunday said that he was like genetically Fiendfal, like, his whole family were Fiendfal. His granddad would have killed him if he didn't vote for Fiendfal. He said he voted for Sinn Fein for the first time. And I was like, oh, what constituency, like, what TD did you vote for? And he was like, dunno. He just wanted to change, saw the word yeah. Sinn Fein and just put a number one in the first preference thing. So, like, I know we talked about the rent freeze last time and a lot of people would have heard of that policy but without being disrespectful to the voters I would say it's not really down to like Sinn Féin's manifesto I don't think people could name a lot of their policies beyond the headline grabbing ones like the freeze, wanting to cut the property tax and their stance on the pension age I think it was literally just like we want change we're sick of Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael and Sinn Féin capitalised on that like Sinn Féin themselves know that they didn't expect it like there's people one woman was on holiday when the election <laughs> was called and she didn't come back and she still won because she was from Sinn Féin like there's I people <laughs> I like that energy around. To be honest <laughs> like, And we asked her about it And she was like Well I did the few hours of work Like in the morning You know When she was on holiday <laughs> Before she went like yeah, remote <laughs> campaigning Um hey i there's just like to work from home today post, like. <laughs> I'd just like to be elected from home yeah. <laughs> there was like people who got like 300 votes in the local elections and obviously did not get a seat on the local council for Sinn Féin last time like less than a year ago who topped the poll and are now TDs like there's 100% going to be people who are TDs who maybe don't want to be TDs aren't ready to be TDs yeah. it's going to be chaos did that young lad get in? No, the handsome fella. Yeah. Uh, no, Aww. I'm so shocked that we didn't co- get called out on like the sexism last time oh yeah them. no yeah. I was listening
3: back like
2: this if these
0: were yeah. three men it would be problematic oh <laughs> ah, yeah it's fine just well crack. I feel like
2: it's just redressing the balance yeah exactly like, it's
0: nice they're aesthetically lovely people
2: yeah. I would have concerns about that man that's genetically fine all he would I'd imagine needs to go to a hospital because yeah, that doesn't doesn't sound right <laughs> Um, I've obviously spoken about the circles that I'm in and in terms of we're all very engaged or whatever and it was seemed to be all gung-ho vote vote blah 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 Um. But I found it interesting that it was like the second lowest turnout in, I don't know how many years, but in considerable amount of general elections. When, again, I'm speaking for my own echo chamber, all I'm seeing is people talking about voting and even like uh, offline as well, where they're like, yeah, I
0: voted. Did you vote today? Blah, blah, blah. I thought that was mad. Yeah, the Saturday thing was interesting, wasn't it? Was uh, it the Saturday and was it the storm or was it... So the storm was really bad in like the west of the country and then it got bad in Dublin. I was talking to somebody who would be, shall we say, of the socialist persuasion in the RDS <laughs> and they, now I don't subscribe to this view and they were like, you know, almost the same amount of people voted, slightly less. It was just better people voting. Obviously, I don't subscribe to that, but I think <laughs> That like is, a that's a take. A different political cohort of people. Yeah. So like a lot more younger people, I guess. I don't, I don't think they've given out the data yet, but... I would estimate that it was a lot more younger people because the of people went home to like their parents constituencies. Mm-hmm. The vote left, transfer left thing was all over Instagram and I saw that happening. Like there was loads of TDs like Joan Collins, Paul Murphy who were like uh, solidarity, people for profit, independence for change, all that like mishmash, who got thought they were gone like and got in on Sinn Féin transfers. So people were like putting Sinn Féin number one and then putting two, three, four, five for anyone, any other left, any party, any other left yeah. party. Including like the Social Democrats who aren't like, you know, far left. Um, so that seemed to, like that vote left transfer left thing, that was the first time I'd seen that happen. And loads of Polcores were talking about it as well. Like Polcores in the Irish Times, serious ones who <laughs> were like, um, it just looked like an organic, like youth led movement. So it did seem like youth turnout seemed higher for a general election because yeah. I think generally people our age tend to kind of tune in for uh, most people tend to tune in for big things like referendums and then not follow up for like local elections and general elections. I like... I would really, I would love to see the breakdown of like people over sixty-five who, and also considering how this was the election where most people seem to be pissed off with the government, that kind of leads to people just staying home as well. Like if you hate, if you're really if pissed just totally apathetic, yeah, just like Fuck super this. pissed off with Fine Gael, but afraid of Sinn Fein, like maybe you wouldn't bother yeah. turning yeah. out at all.
2: Yeah. Now, in fairness, I didn't know a lot of. I don't know a lot of people that didn't vote.
0: I and know a lot of people that
2: didn't vote. And what was their reasoning? Just they, were, they had plans.
0: <laughs> like yeah, well, like, I was struggling. Like I had to yeah.
2: go to Riverdance.
1: Dance. Like <laughs> yeah. serious. Serious. I had
0: to go to
2: Gory and back in like serious. in the day. <laughs> that was the thing, and a lot of pe- and a lot of people said about like Leo's timing of calling it that it was very like short notice, and that it was like very near cut off point in terms of people registering, like kind of putting forward the idea that oh like maybe he did that so that the young people won't vote because they won't have time and whatever but I knew a lot of people that had booked flights I was supposed to be going to Carly Rae Jepsen and I stayed and voted I know oh, Wow. I know wow. I hate myself. Was it? And worth I hate democracy. <laughs> no, I, I shouldn't know. say that. It was I'm worth not it. sure. <laughs> I'm not sure the jury's still out. Um, just while we're talking about this, though, um, I don't know if any of you saw the vote sticker on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. yeah what this the is the that? first year of that where it was basically like in a similar way that you'd put any sticker on your Insta story. It kind of all made It it made this like automated story of people when you used it on your story it just made a feed of everyone that did it only the people that you follow though wasn't it You could yes yeah, yeah.
0: you would only yes see. as
2: far as I'm aware yeah but I don't know if you saw Laura Cunningham pointed this out to me and I thought it was very funny there were some influencers using the sticker to buoy up their spawn con oh what my god and I'm not naming names but I know who and they are shy dogs.
0: Oh, I <laughs> yeah. don't know. Wow. Tell me Take after. the vote off those people.
2: Yeah, it was, I was, now there was one person I was slightly surprised with and then the other person I was like, I'm not surprised with this at all. But wow, that's. Did anyone me. actually sit and watch those though? Because I I didn't. I, I would. I, I, flick had, through I had very cursory fast, flick through. Yeah. I thought it was an interesting, it was. I don't really know. But I, again, it's going to be, whatever you are following is, it's going to be dominated, but you're not getting a full spectrum view of what the,
0: the situation is in terms of the vote or in terms of parties yeah. or whatever
2: yeah.
0: is the thing so there was a lot of like I did see a lot of the vote left transfer left hashtag being used on that and obviously that's based on people I follow and then like Simon Harris with his dog <laughs> as you do yeah <laughs> were there any dogs in the RDX um only one <sighs> I only saw one dog I didn't see any dog at my polling station just kind of I didn't see any dog at well, my polling station either point. did you no but there are well. a lot of babies being thrown in the air. Yeah, lots of yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which is like risky. Yeah, because I saw so, one baby just started like screaming. Like all the pictures, then it's like a like really like upset, distraught looking yeah. baby. Lots of cute kids though. I love the, with the like the. Middle-aged men, be, like being
3: hoisted, a, up. being hoisted up. Like it takes about eight other men, and they're just like so unsteady. And it's just it's they my look favorite like the wiggly, part. The weekly, <laughs> like yeah.
2: wacky waving inflatable tube man. <coughs> um, Ellen, that. what is populism, and why are some British journalists considering Shin Féin's success in G Twenty Twenty <laughs> a move towards it? Because I am a big dummy idiot.
0: So uh, obviously, certain cohorts of the British media are like so self-obsessed that they can't see anything through the spectrum of themselves. And these people think that when we went to vote for our national parliament, our number one concern was like, how nice have they been to the British government? So on one sense, they seem to be saying that because Leo Varadkar took a really really strong stand on Brexit, he was punished by the Irish people for his anti-Britishness by us voting for Sinn Féin galaxy yep. brain, Whoa, <laughs> really galaxy brain. Either. and then um it's basically people are drawing parallels and trying to say that obviously the Sinn Féin result is really dramatic and it's really different it's like the first time it's happened so people try to draw parallels with Brexit uh with the rise of Trump with movements yeah. across Europe which have moved to like the far right and I think if you engage in that argument all it does is serve to make Sinn Féin seem not that bad because if this is the big dramatic like shift in Irish politics you know the centre party is being destroyed and it's for a party that wants to bring in a rent freeze instead of like deporting all immigrants then okay cool like (laughs) it could be worse um but yeah there has been some hysterical commentary I saw one piece was comparing the rise of Sinn Féin to the rise of like Nazi Germany um Nice. And, and again, like I touched on this the last time that just fe- like whatever your view is on Sinn Féin, hysterical takes like that only serve to reinforce the view that the establishment is against Sinn Féin. Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael are afraid of them. Um, and, you know, they're the only people who kind of serve the people. Um, obviously, Sinn Féin hasn't been doing a great job with the whole like only taking six seconds after winning the election before they started saying up the rah and saying come out you black and tans. <laughs> Scared scared some Next older question. People, <laughs> scared some older people. Um but yeah, like those those sorts of takes are just but like that's just what's new. Journalists in Westminster have been getting shit wrong about Ireland forever. Since Cromwell. Is it just deliberate like willful ignorance or is it like I feel auto- like that kind of ignorance does take like quite a bit of effort. Like openrte.ie have a read like people over here are so much more engaged in I saw as well loads of British journalists thought that Leo Radker has lost his seat because they didn't I understand saw like PRS didn't. TV because yeah, yeah, yeah. um, <coughs> their voting system is different but it's just the same, it's bas- It's so beautiful because it's basically kind of the same rhetoric that's led to so many young people liking Sinn Féin in the first place. When the UK says stuff that's really thick or ignorant, you get this rise in like United Ireland, take back the six memes online, which Sinn Féin have actually started using as like their own party communication on Facebook and Twitter. It uh, feeds into the idea that the Brits are like menacing, dumb idiots. Um, and also like um, our nemesis, which is just a totally like, a binary, oversimplified way of looking at it, um, and that feeds into the idea that just suits the Sinn Féin agenda completely. But like, it is—it's so aggravating to see pieces that are like, the Irish have become racist. Here's why. Like, it's just <laughs> really, really aggravating. And misses. The, and I think everyone assumed that it means that everyone's like frothing at the mouth for a United Ireland. When I think we know from the discussion we had last time, a lot of the youth vote, anyways, because people just want to live in houses.
2: Yeah. So it was a prevalent topic on, that's what I uh, gleaned from the results, that it seemed (laughs) to be... Do you know I think it was RT had like the topics that kind of dominated it? Yeah. It was like Brexit was like zero percent. And then it was like it seemed to be from that demographic of eighteen to twenty four again or eighteen to thirty five, they were kind of in favour yeah, of a yeah. voting on on community.
0: Uh, if they would like to have a border poll in the next five years, which would be a big referendum where we'd decide if we'd have Irish reunification. And obviously it's required to have the referendum on the entire island. And I think it was like seventy five percent, I think this is just off the top of my head, of eighteen right. to twenty four year olds. And then it only dropped to like 60% for people 49 and under. However, like massive health warning, I think a lot of Irish people would like a border poll, like would like the idea of it, but it would take ages to do and it could also like incite violence and could be very dangerous if it's rushed. So
1: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down.
0: So, oh, asking someone when they come out of a polling station, would you like a border poll in the next five years? I think a lot of people would ex- instinctively say say yes, but we haven't really had that conversation yet. But apparently now, with our new like Republican left wing government, <laughs> it might be happening. As soon as we thought Paddy Power is giving um five to one for it to be before twenty twenty four, Jesus, that and be ten true. to one before twenty thirty. Scenes? No, other way around. Ten to one for the closer one, five to one for the other one. Um, but yeah, like I. It's hard. to If it goes to a second election, all the support for Sinn Féin could fade away if people were like, uh, I just wanted to give the government kicking and I don't actually want Mary Lou to be the Taoiseach. But then you're going to disenfranchise a ton of younger voters who actually did want her to be the Taoiseach. Last time we had an inconclusive result, but it was much simpler because you were just dealing with Fina Fáil and Finnegale, and it took 70 days to form a government Worst time in my life. Like the shit we had to write to fill the front page, nothing happening, like yeah. for 70 days. Um, and that was much more simpler um, than this. So this could take forever.
3: And hypothetically, could it go to a second election? <coughs> oh, yeah.
0: So if they fail to, they're going to have to come back on the 20th of February and try to nominate a Taoiseach and if you don't get enough votes. So if Mary Lou doesn't have all the left wing parties, then they just have to go into Trinity College or some hotel and like negotiate with all the parties until somebody gets to 80. We should say like 80 is the number that you need. Even if Mary Lou had like all the left wing parties with her, she would still only have like 60 something, which is way off. So you'd need to throw in loads of random independents. Um, because all the parties came out with such smaller numbers you need to mishmash a load of them together yeah. to get to 80 seats to have a government um, and Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael are terrified of Sinn Féin the Greens are probably worried about going in with like one of the old establishment parties uh, it's just like it's just completely incompatible I've been playing with Lily Oak on the Irish Times and you tr- can try to build your government oh, I'm yeah? so stressed out like I'm so glad it's not my job absolute stress but like
2: and um, we've mentioned it a couple of times already, but obviously we had the likes of Desi Ellis, Champagne candidate yes. in my constituency, Dublin Mart West. Um he started saying Come out your Black and tans, when he was when he When he arrived when at When he the arrived. Audience. When he arrived, yeah. <laughs> hadn't even been elected at that point. <laughs> oh, <hadn't laughs> Jesus. Um so obviously there was criticism of that. And then you obviously had David Colnan, who was on yeah. tape saying Updra at his count centre. Yep. Yeah. But um, that was in a pub at two AM. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. Obviously, this is a party hugely under scrutiny, given the result. We're not a history podcast, so... <laughs> there is one of those. Like, go you will, it. like I'm not here to go into the ins and outs of the troubles, the IRA. Like, you will have a cursory knowledge, I would imagine, and we're t- undertaking that assumption. But um, again, a lot of takes, like this is clutching up pearls and whatever. This is a fair criticism. This is tasteless. Was it both? Is it possible? Because I saw a tweet as well that said, I thought it was tasteless to sing up the raft to the election. Thought it was even more tasteless to plan a commemoration for the RIC. And the most tasteless of the lot was scooping a homeless man up into the rubbish. Think we do need a bit of perspective. Obviously referring to events which happened during the 32nd Doll, which Fine Gael presided over. So... I mean, there's quite a bit to unpack there in terms of yeah, like how people... Like, I mean, everyone can draw their own conclusion, but it's not really a great look, whether you think it was
0: potentially a flippant comment or sing-song. I, it's so dumb. It's yeah, like, and David Colnan would have been. So they've put together a negotiating team in Sinn Fein to try to get through this like government quandary, um. And he would have been expected to be on that. Obviously now he's very much not. And if you saw the press conference, Mary Lou looked like she was fucking raging. Like the last thing you want to do after this monumental, historic election where you've basically come out of nowhere and won, is be apologising for one of your like. He's not a first time TD. Like he's their spokesperson on I think health. No, not on health. What's he's? Spo- I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, he's He was a front bench Sinn Féin kind of spokesperson. So a prominent enough one. And for him to be saying up the ra is just... it's just not great. It's just not a great look, is it? But um, I think that one of the worst, one of the bad things that's kind of emerged in the last week that we haven't really had in Irish politics before this is very clear division where Sinn Féin supporters feel that the establishment media is like afraid of Sinn Féin and like really committed to destroying the party and doing hatchet jobs and smears and it probably is true that there are individual journalists who certainly have an anti-Sinn Féin bias in the same way that I know journalists who have an anti-Finegale and anti-Fina Fáil bias I really don't think that Orti and the establishment is trying to destroy the party and then at the other side those people feel that Sinn Féin supporters are way too blithe about things like Up the Ra or like joke about, you know, the Brits are at it again and a united Ireland and joke about like balaclavas and the IRA. Um, and that's really like super disrespectful when you consider that, you know, these are very, very recent incidents. Um And sometimes they feel that Sinn Féin supporters are like conspiracy theorists and they get really aggressive and send really inappropriate attacks to journalists. And you see that playing out a lot on Twitter, like these really bitter rows between like maybe people who were government- spads and advisors fighting with Sinn Féin supporters and Sinn Féin supporters sending shitty stuff to journalists and some journalists kind of sending stuff back. So it's become I think already much more divisive than Irish politics had been recently. Now, somebody could say, fair enough, maybe that's because Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael had it their own way for so long and the parties are so similar. But I'm nervous about it. And when you see, like, I know that Sinn Féin were raging. Like, someone from the party pulled Desi Ellis aside after he started singing and was like, what are you doing? Like, you're an elected representative. You cannot sing that song. Then other people make the point that, like, when Alan Partridge does it, it's like a cute, funny thing. And there's the people selling that ham who keeps have oh, yeah. take this out and yeah. they like, come out the other hams, come out and fight me ham to ham. Like cute, adorable, but also like it's just... Also people died. It's a spectrum, it's a spectrum. It's a spectrum. Yeah. Like rebel songs and as a whole, like there's people much smarter than me who knew a lot more about it. <clears throat> you know, they're part of our kind of history and people sing them at weddings and in pubs. Obviously an account centre is not an appropriate setting. Time and a place, yeah. Yeah, not, time, yeah. not the time or place.
2: Um, what's... <coughs> what's going to happen with the Labour party now because obviously party leader Brendan Howland has just resigned yeah. and there seems to be a leadership contest in the go Brady interested he's
3: from Gory, is he? he is yeah,
0: yeah that's, I, I was like I know him there you go <laughs> I know his face um, what's next for Labour et al yeah Labour had a bad time um, obviously the Social Democrats did really well and got six TDs and I think four of them are women uh, the Green Party went from 2 to 12 and it's got like really cool people like Nessa Harrigan in Dublin Central. Searsha McHugh unfortunately didn't take her seat but they've got like really cool young women in the party. Labour has gone down now to six TDs and all of them are men. And with all due respect to them, none of them are kind of like would-be. I think they only have one guy who's kind of brand new, Duncan, I want to say Duncan Smith. I'm really sorry if that's the wrong name. I'll Google that. Um, so like. obviously the party hasn't recovered since they went into government with Finnegale. Uh, the last time round and you know, I think they would have thought that enough time had passed now for them to kind of recover and they must be raging, sitting there after talking about, you know, housing and public services and uh, like civil rights and social movements for forever only to watch Sinn Féin come in and talk about the same stuff and then have like the best election result yeah, ever. Yeah. Uh, so Brendan Allen is gone, it means that they're going to have to replace him from within the parliamentary parties. There's only five other options and I'd say I'd have a fake inclination that Alan Kelly might go for it. Okay. I think he would be fond of power. Didn't he say that to Neve Horan? I love power or like I'm obsessed with power. I love the smell of power. That's so worrying. <laughs> Maybe he meant the TV show.
2: <laughs> 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 I've never watched it. Who I'm who does sure it's good. <laughs> um, you just mentioned there obviously that all of the Labour TDs are men. men. Um, 12 of the state's 39 constituencies did not elect women to represent them in this 33rd doll. Um 36 women had been elected in 27 constituencies, meaning female TDs will take up 22.5% of the 160 seats in the Dáil, which is not great and leads me to another social faux pas, Um, an Irish online publication, which I again will not name because I'm not a grass. um, They had an image up literally, I'm going to say maybe two hours ago, and it was like they had one column where it was like 2016, 35... Female TDs Whatever And then It was like 2020 Obviously 36 TDs Which is obviously A difference of One One person right And then the caption was like It's a small step Towards Great progress I'm paraphrasing But it was like It's a small step To progress And like a flex emoji And obviously All the comments were like What the What are What are you doing What are you Actually this is not a good This is not a thing to be like Class This is a thing to be like This is Not great So then they deleted it
0: gas also I don't think that's true because the seats have increased there's more seats in the doll now so the representation is actually lower oh. and we've lost a load of really good women like Lisa Chambers in Fianna Fáil Kate O'Connell in Fine Gael, Fiona O'Loughlin Catherine Zappone uh, Ruth Coppinger and we've now got women like Verona Murphy Verona Murphy
3: she's the only woman in my constituency <sighs> that I'm, I was feeling
0: Jesus fuming. like that's very like what's that tweet where it's like hire more female prison (laughs) guards like really not that's not the kind of feminism that we're going for Uh, but yeah the female representation is pretty shit I think Holly Cairns who got in for the Social Democrats is the only female TD in Cork out of like 16 TDs or something Uh, but it's the party's fault the two main parties sorry two parties formerly known as the two main parties Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael um under gender quotas, ru- gender quotas rule 30% of your candidates have to be women and I think Gale only had like 30.5 so if you throw a woman onto the ticket next to like a really high profile man who's already a minister she's obviously not going to get in and then there's other cases in the party of women being overlooked or like parachuted into a shit constituency so it's their own fault. I was going to ask as well just
2: as you were saying with the loss of like Kate O'Connell and stuff, I thought it was interesting that there seemed to be a lot of like, left-leaning people kind of bemoaning the loss of these people, such as Kate, because they were so intrinsic with the repeal campaign. Um, for them to be replaced by men, we'll say, it, Owen Murphy, who is probably really bad at his job. Not probably, is really bad at his job, in my opinion. Um, it was kind of... I thought it was interesting that people... That abortion and repeal wasn't really on the the minds of... And I'm not... Obviously, this is a generalisation. I don't mean everyone... But for a majority, it didn't seem to really carry over, especially when you're considering that we're still talking about exclusion zones and stuff and it's still, like, repeal isn't done, do you know? I thought that was interesting and also kind of a bit grim. It just seemed like people were like, I'm not voting Fine I'm not, it doesn't matter, none of you people are coming with me. And as a result, like, good women were lost. But then at the same time, I saw another tweet from someone who listens to this podcast who basically said, like, we can't just support women just because they're women, At like with regards to because they didn't align with their party politics like they can acknowledge that they did great work with the repeal campaign but they were like you're with this party what am I supposed to do like I'm not having any of that
0: yeah I guess it goes back to that thing of like voting for the individual or voting for the party yeah and I think that repeal was really unique politically because there was a time where like Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin TDs would be congratulating and working with Fine Gael TDs like Kate. Like when Kate went in, she was very pro-choice on, I think, Dublin City Council. And then when she got elected to the Dáil, like Fine Gael didn't even have a proper position on abortion and hadn't even decided that it was going to have a referendum. So she would have been credited with being like way ahead of the party. And I suppose it is bittersweet to then see like, you know, people like Simon Harris his career, like when he resigns, his Wikipedia page is going to be all about the role he played in repeal. Um, And he is still, you know, he's still elected. He's obviously not going to be a minister anymore. Um, But like losing women like that is a big loss because there's a lot of pressure on women to, like, it's, it's not a good idea to assume that all female politicians have to like be uh, amazing advocates on women's issues but there are so many things that we're still behind on that a lot of those women who did lost their seats t- took that on like Lisa and Kate were very active in repeal but also Fiona O'Loughlin a Fianna Fáil TD who lost her seat was doing a ton of work on sex education and trying to make our well to make sure people get some sex education in Ireland and also to make sure that it's, like, LGBT plus inclusive. And she was getting so much shit for it. Like, the campaigns that were being run in Kildare against her were insane. Uh, obviously, Ruth Coppinger has been... Um, huge on women's health issues for ages so I think you can kind of mourn the individuals and also like the awful side of political journalism which is seeing like the personal loss of it um, while separating them out from their party. I think that Kate is a really interesting example because housing was obviously a massive issue for the younger people who weren't voting for Fine Gael, but Owen Murphy, the housing minister in her constituency retained his seat and she lost hers and maybe that's because, you know, Fine Gael did really badly so anywhere th- where they had two people running in the same constituency, they didn't often get both of them in and she was up against a minister but I don't know, it's a very it's it's just really, dis- it's disappointing to see first time TDs who made a huge impact in the space of three and a half years go out. You mentioned Holly Cairns there
2: a minute ago, she's a um, social democrat uh, in Cork South West um, she ran, won her seat alongside her boyfriend Christopher Sullivan, who is with Fianna Fáil, which I, and a lot of other people found very interesting. And I don't mean to reduce her to her relationship because I'm sure she's going to do great work. But I find it mad that they are together when their parties Politics. are
0: so, so at odds with each other. Yeah, I want... I like everyone want to see like the Netflix rom com, please, oh, yes. like and like set in Cork <laughs> as well. Like Holly is amazing. She, I think she got into the local elections by one vote, because uh, obviously her party is very progressive. But I think in some parts of her constituency, that wouldn't be like super super welcome. Um, The one thing I find really interesting is I was like oh like journalists obviously love this story and like this is gas, so cute election I was looking into it they're actually not going out that long oh no so (laughs) I like and now that both of them are going to be in Leinster house I feel like it's going to be so like you're going to have so many journalists kind of like asking about it and focusing on it um And I think it would just be like, I mean, imagine, can you imagine the pressure on the relationship when you're like, you just meet someone, you both happen to be in politics, you run, you don't think both of you are going to get your seat. And then you do. Would have been a great story for our online dating
2: episode, which um, came out earlier this week, if you want to listen to that as well. Um, I think that kind of covers everything, but I did just want to ask as well, we're a bit off it yet, but in terms of ministers giving up their portfolios and stuff, like how... How does that work? Like, does Simon Harris have a Filofax he gives to someone, or, and he's like, these, here you go. And it's just, our own Murphy, I can
0: imagine his a is just like, they're like just eight feet tall. And he's just like, there you go. Bye, like, so delighted. We need to build some houses. Yeah. And <laughs> um, Simon's like, that hospital's a little bit expensive. But I left a memo. Okay. Here's a Revolut card. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we'll say nothing. She's winking. That's
3: so nice winking. She makes the nice thing. I'm sorry.
0: I'm not like Alyssa Edward sitting over here for my although if friends. Simon Harris did that when he was handing it over to like the Sinn Féin ministry that would be absolutely great <laughs> <laughs> um, they do I don't know how it works I think mainly you keep the same like civil servants running the department but there is a thing and I can't remember what it's called it's basically like a big document where you list like all the big problems and concerns in the department and also like the big like laws that are going through or whatever and for some reason which I won't question too much because it's great they get published on the department website so as soon as the government's formed within a couple of weeks you'll see all these stories in newspapers about like shit that's been going on in departments that we haven't known about that had to be put into this document to be handed over to the new minister. such great stories in it and it's just like in civil servant language but it's basically like this place is falling to shit. We've been trying to do this for years and it's not working. Oh my god that's so juicy. Yeah it's great but can you imagine It's like pop
2: bitch but for politics. Like
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like blind gossip It's about like
2: This is exp- bloggers
0: unveiled But politics like yeah. But imagine what, If they the just minister? painted it like
2: this I would have been more interested yeah,
0: Before they actually do that But then if you're the new minister You'd be like Oh fuck Human. Like raging Yeah Absolutely raging sure. I don't know Like I keep I keep asking all the time Like other journalists And politicians I just don't know who the I don't think we'll get any government that's if I have to cover a second election in one year like sorry I'm oh no you out. could retire you could retire I'm No, get that no. far
2: exit door I'm <laughs> off <laughs> um, Ellen Coyne thank you so much for joining us no again problem um, in summary who the fuck knows <laughs> who the fuck knows <laughs> who the fuck knows watch this space guys um, Breed and our lovely listeners have put together our lifeline for millennials once <laughs> just again just for Ellen just <laughs> for Ellen <laughs> of mini bandwagons I'm so excited um, from you guys so Breed whenever you're ready the first one is just Animal Crossing on the Nintendo yes, Switch. Yes, <laughs> I can't wait for this New
3: Horizon. Like I sign pitched, me up, bitch! I pitched it as like a live love for millennials, and this is what I came back with: <laughs> Animal Crossing on the Nintendo Switch being a month away is a big buzz. <laughs> <laughs> Buying multiple reusable coffee cups and water bottles does thus, thus rendering them kind of pointless. That's oh why do you have to read me like that? I have so many co- uh, coffee cups. Um, the second. To all the boys I Love before. Oh, I haven't seen the first on one on Netflix today. with Oh Noah my Santino. god, it's good! Oh,
0: it's so, so good! It's, it's good, okay. like yeah, it's pure
3: like candy floss yeah. for the brain. Um, I need that. Pictures of cars frozen in the morning, <laughs> <laughs> Ca- or the car thermometer inside. <laughs> That's really wholesome. <laughs> That's is is that really bad awesome or good.
2: The, uh, it's just I don't know uh, just, Sorry I will say if, you're, if your windscreen is frozen Don't do don't A kettle of water On, <laughs> the, oh, yeah, no, no, on no, no. the windscreen it Put it Put like warm water In a Not a Polly pocket Sandwich bag And um, like run it Down the windscreen It'll oh. melt Genius There you go There's a life hack for you Or just cold water
3: Cold water No Okay. It doesn't anyway. really work um, Someone else said To all the boys would have put it. The Stranger on Netflix I'm finishing it tonight Don't spoil it for me Is it good? It's very good yeah Um, Shit's Creek That's really old I (laughs) I know but the last season Is out now Or is imminent Yeah I must get on that Uh, Trini's closet confessions Go onto her Instagram And she just goes Through her wardrobe No thanks (laughs) Where's the confession (laughs) (laughs) She's like I killed a man (laughs) Now that I'd watch That I I would watch From her wardrobe Um, Someone said Say
2: Valentine's Day As a bandwagon For the laugh That's it They were just as bad As I I wanted them to be Thank you um, much appreciated thanks again to Ellen Coyne for coming in um, no problem. We'll. I'm sure she'll keep hopefully us posted hopefully we don't get you back for the next election <laughs>
0: back,
2: like, more the general election this time it's personal <laughs> I'll have so much fun with the title if we do So two general two elections <laughs> attack of the clones um, <laughs> I've been Fanula I've been Breed thank you so much for listening if you liked it leave a review tell your friends that's how we grow yeah and do blossom. leave reviews no one's done that in a while like a beautiful um, plant um, <laughs> we're everywhere on social media bandwagons podcast we're on Patreon I won't plug that because we plug that super hard at the start of the week Yeah, there's only very very few tickets left for our live show as well on the 5th of March like very limited yeah. very very limited Um, and we're really excited and we probably should figure out what we're going to do for it but It'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Surprises after fun. Um, thanks so much for listening. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.